Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you spell that one out. Also, well, spell out FiveReasonsSports.com as well for the website. We don't have a paywall. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Prize Picks. Use the code five F I V E all week long, Monday until the big game on Sunday. We will have your Super Bowl prize picks. We'll give you the props for quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, defenses, kickers, everything to get you ready for the big game so that you can enjoy it no matter which way it goes. Use that code 5, F-I-V-E, at prize picks. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. No rollovers right away. You can play with the free money that they're giving you. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Butler said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's the floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Brady has the night off. Um, we're just going to go over some of the developments of the weekend here and project forward a little bit as Miami Heat have a little bit of a break in the season. They play again on Wednesday at home. And then they've got they've got a slate of games against some teams that you would think that they should be, but we know that this season nothing can be taken for granted. They're now 29 and 25 on the year. That is exactly two-thirds of the way through the season. So we haven't hit the trade deadline yet. We haven't hit the All-Star game, but it is not the halfway point. Already two-thirds of the way through the season. At this point, you kind of know what you are. And at this point, as we speak, and this is before tonight's games, uh, speaking on a Sunday, they are 20th in the league in net rating. They are uh, minus 0.1 in net rating. They are behind teams like Toronto and Chicago, which are actually behind them in the standings. And so I'll ask you this question, Greg, because I know that net rating can be a little bit misleading because, you know, blowouts, uh, if you don't have a lot of blowouts, your net rating is going to be suppressed a little bit. But it, it basically tells you, it says how many points you score is compared to how many points another scores when the two teams are on the floor and the Heat are a negative this season. So, I mean, what do you take from the fact that they're actually, their record is actually better than that? I mean, is, is there supposed to actually maximizing this roster? I mean, I guess it's all relative because I, I saw Brady pointed out some, uh, you know, key things related to the fact that they're still 30th in points they're bottom of the league in three-point percentage so when you talk about like we kind of know what they are they may be maximized in terms of that with guys in roles that they maybe didn't expect to be in or are not um mac like it's not the best role for them they're having to just kind of shoulder the burden and they're doing the best they can so their record may be better maybe than heat fans I, I guess this is the thing with parity, right? Like they're essentially within a few games of always jumping up a seed. And that's like a, a, a part of kind of the hope that comes with the standings being so tight, but there's still problems, the scoring, the offense, uh, the late game stuff. I don't feel like is completely figured out necessarily. Um, so to me, uh, those scoring flaws, the shooting flaws are apparent. They are what they are. And at this point, um, 
I think that like, it's kind of like you have to come to a level of acceptance and it's just a matter of, can they swing something here uh, where they end up getting some level of a contributor or a difference maker moving forward? The market is weird right now. So it's going to be interesting leading up to Thursday. Well, the other part of this, uh, Alex, we talk about, well, the late game stuff, Greg mentions that actually one of the reasons that their record is not worse is their late game stuff has not been bad. Um, they're in, it's funny in the clutch. I was looking at it today. I was a little surprised. Most of their ratings in the clutch are like between 10 and 13. Uh, so they've actually been a little bit better overall in the clutch situations are defined as last five minutes uh, of, of regulation or overtime uh, with the, the score, no more than five points one way or the other in terms of margin. So actually, in that sense, they've they've gotten away with some stuff at this point. I mean, is it is it fair to say they're the twentieth best team in the league? Um, honestly, no. I think they're better than that, and it's like what you talked about there with their net rating. I'm not surprised by that because they've kind of been hovering around, you know, either just below zero or just over zero throughout all of this season, and it really just just come down to the fact that they have the most clutch games in the league, and it's like. Everything comes down to the last few minutes. The The margin of these games is always like below five. You know, it's very, very tight. And it, it's been that way to just an extreme degree this season. Like I've never seen anything like this, right? I know you guys obviously have more experience, but this, it seemed very much like weird and out of the ordinary. But, you know, Heat players and Spo have talked about how the fact that they have all these opportunities in crunch time is going to help them out in the playoffs. And I definitely see the logic with that. And, you know, you mentioned their clutch numbers. I was looking it up there. Um, you mentioned the record. They're 20 and 17 in clutch games. So that's already a whole lot of games. And then when you look at their clutch net rating, they're actually eighth in the league. So uh, and most of that is based off of their crunch time defense, which is a offensive. I mean, excuse me, a defensive rating below 104. because The offensive rating is at 111.5. So, you know, more of the same. They're, they're a team that is basically going to grind it out and play defense first in crunch time too but that's to say that you know they've been they've been all right they've been pretty good in the clutch and that wasn't always the case in the regular season for for these heat teams even the ones that got far in the playoffs right like there was always kind of questions about crunch time and I agree with Leif like I don't think everything is just completely solved right like the fact that um, they have uh, trouble finding ways to generate good offense and score consistently throughout games every single game this season just on its own is enough to have concerns about what their crunch time offense is going to look like in the playoffs, but they're pretty good at executing, right? So maybe it does kind of lend to, well, if you get a couple more guys that you can trust, right. And can get other guys back in the right roles, maybe it, it does show, you know, there's something more there. So I think it's kind of, it goes both ways. Like they're 20th in net rating because they're just not that good. But the fact that, you know, they're able to win in crunch time, you know, their best players have shown a lot and we, we kind of know what this team is and what they rely on, what they're not good at. You know, um, it could be worse. They, they've been pretty good in crunch time. So remember what we were saying earlier in the season, but still, right? Like, well, when, you know, yeah, yeah. This, 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 and this, and this, and then this has happened to them, but still, I, I feel like the new slogan is it could be worse. It could be worse. That's like, rough. That's rough. I, I, I mean, it, I, I understand why Alex is saying it, but it's kind of where we're at. It's like, oh, okay. They I got mean, the ninth yeah. best record in the league. You would never think that they had the ninth best record in the league. No, you wouldn't think they had a better record. The than, fan base. 
then the Warriors and the Clippers and the Suns, et cetera. I keep mentioning these teams out in the Western Conference. I mean, the only two teams that have really like asserted themselves in the entire West are the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. And in the Eastern Conference, really Milwaukee and Boston, to an extent, Philadelphia. Cleveland's been an upside surprise uh, to a certain degree, although we thought they'd be pretty good. And that's been pretty much it. I mean, this league is, I, I hate to say it because I know we're supposed to be promoting the NBA here and we do five on the floor and, and we're proud to have a top 10 local NBA podcast in the country and all the rest of this. And Brady and I do the step back. This NBA season has not offered a whole lot, guys. Like, I mean, it's offered, it's competitive. Every fan but, base has and, been disgruntled. Well, it, the fan base here. Is that not the price the of parity, though? All yeah, the but, fan yeah, bases. Exactly, but I'm, I'm talking about the league in general. Like, we, we talked a couple of years ago about how well this league was going to the point of super teams and all this stuff. I mean, okay, I mean, now today, and we're going to talk in the second half of this about Kyrie Irving and what this could mean potentially for the Heat, you know, with him going to Dallas today. But, like, nobody's talking about Dallas as a super team with Kyrie and Luka. Like, no team has, like, three superstars anymore. Um, so it, it's, yeah, we, we've, we've entered a league of parody. And the other thing that's creating this parody is nobody plays anymore. So you've got all these, these stars that are missing games yep. and, and pretty much every team has had that. And so if you're the heat, I, I almost feel in a certain way, and we'll get to more of this after the break, but I almost feel it's been detrimental to the heat because it's kind of given this, it's kind of allowed for inertia because it's sort of like, well, nobody else is any good. So let's slow play this until we can make the absolute right move close to the trade deadline. And now here we are four days before the trade deadline. This team has all the same issues that it had early in the season and probably more because if you look at, you know, the Kyle Lowry situation that has gotten worse, they found a backup big in Orlando Robinson. Then he got hurt to add to Yurt. Oladipo came back and he's been good in a lot of ways, but it, it hasn't made a marginal marginal difference in some other ways. Uh, more than a marginal difference. And so I, I think we're just at the point where it's like, okay, well, are the last third of the season, like, do you go forward or do you go stay still or do you go backwards? And it's hard to really know. And it's also hard to know who you can trade with because of the teams that are uh, kind of stuck in this weird middle spot. All right, we'll get to more of this uh, here in a second. We do want to mention a couple of great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and a five on the floor. Mark Brown, we mention them all the time. Use a C in there, markbrownpa.com. The phone number is 954-566-5678. Mark sponsors our before floor pregame show. Um, he's got a couple of things he can do for you. First, he can help you with your closing. If you need that, it's very challenging real estate market as it exists right now. And the other thing we can do is, you know, did you just get married? Did you just have a child? Like you need to have an estate plan. You need to know where your money's going to go. Uh, if something happens to you, don't wait until it's too late. Reach out to Mark or go through all the forms with you. It's real simple and it's not expensive. 954-566-5678. And also we want to mention Better Edge. This is our betting partner. This is legal peer-to-peer -peer gambling. You're betting against others on the app or the, or the uh, web app. You're not betting against the book. So it's legal in the state of Florida and 44 other states. They're based in Minnesota, not Costa Rica. Okay, so it is legal to play. And we're going to be running a ton of tournaments this week. So check it out. Sign up now, betteredge.com. This time, use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN, and you'll get $20 to play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties. 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So today, Kyrie Irving traded to the Dallas Mavericks. We've been telling you that the Heat were not all that in on this. Uh, they were not comfortable giving him an extension. You were not going to give up a ton for a rental. I'll go to uh, Greg on this first. So the, the trade that was actually made here, and then we'll talk about the possible ramifications. Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, who we've talked about a lot because the Heat like him, a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Two second-round picks. and Two second-round picks. And don't forget, Markeith Morris is going with Kyrie to Dallas. Uh, uh, easy to forget. I mean, did the, would the Heat have had – let's talk about it. I mean, I don't, I don't think – he fans care that much about the Dallas implications, but would, could the heat have even, if they'd wanted Kyrie, what would have been like the equivalent offer to that? Oh, this is fun. Um, I guess it would be something like Duncan Robinson. Um, they, they don't really have equivalent players. It's kind of a weird situation there. Um, but the Dorian Finney Smith, uh, you know, he he's making money on a long-term deal and has had a down year. Dinwiddie, uh, I think he kind of fits for them to help immediately. And they're hoping probably Finney Smith can just find his role. They've got all these big wings that can defend. Now, when you look at Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney Smith, uh, there's like three other guys I'm forgetting off the top of my head right now. And then obviously they send a pick with it. Uh, I don't think Miami could have matched that. And here's the other thing that I think is really important. Uh, ownership in Brooklyn Step one was they did not want him to get to his preferred destination, which was the Lakers. But step two was they didn't want him traded within the Eastern Conference. I believe that Brooklyn is trying to remain competitive here. And this move signals that as well as it's not a tank move necessarily at all. So to me, this was about keeping guys that could be functional and getting Kyrie out of the conference. So I just don't think it was ever even viable to expect Miami to get involved in these conversations. Alex, you say Kyle, Max, Caleb, and two firsts is the best you could come up with. That's a lot, right? No, yeah, it's a, it's it's a lot. I'm not saying that they should have done that or I would even do that. I was just saying, like, what would the – I was doing the thought exercise of what would the equivalent be. And honestly, that that's, like, the best I could come up with. But best in the sense of, like, you know, just, just for the thought exercise because I, I really had no expectations for this. Yeah, and I didn't either. And I know I know the Heat fans are apoplectic because every time a star comes forward and the Heat don't get him, it's that they're asleep at the switch and, you know, Pat Riley needs to wake up. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to work out tremendously. Listen. Like, I'm sure him and Luca are going to win several <laughs> titles and of it's course. totally not going to be him blowing up his fourth organization in a row. 
And here's yeah. the thing. The, I'm stealing a phrase from Ethan. Here's the thing. The Mavericks sent a 2029 unprotected first round draft pick. Let me just yeah. say something. If the Miami Heat starts wielding unprotected future first, they'll get yeah. in the ball game for a lot of guys, but that doesn't happen often. No, it doesn't. And it feels like a desperate move for Dallas. Like, I, I'm not saying that doesn't make them better. It could, I will have to see how the on the ball stuff works for both Luke and, and Kyrie. That's an interesting fit. Uh, there's not a whole lot on that roster. Now, when you, once you take Dorian Finney Smith out, I know he hasn't been great this week, this year, but I, I look I, as a short term kind of, we're trying to save this thing with Luca move. They tried Porzingis. I mean, they're going to keep rotating through guys. Meanwhile, the guy that they didn't decide to sign Brunson has been terrific in New York this year. I understand the motivation from their perspective, but I don't think it would have worked in Miami. And I, I don't think that it's going to work especially well in Dallas. But again, we'll see. The West is such a mess. Uh, one quick thing here before we kind of pivot. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Greg, we've mentioned him as a guy that the Heat really like. But so now that he's traded to Brooklyn, uh, it appears they're keeping him. Right. So, I mean, because they're trying to compete. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hope traffic and say that there's no way they're going to find enough minutes for Royce O'Neal, Cam Thomas, Dorian Finney-Smith, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren. Uh, they got, you know, those are a lot of players. Kevin Durant, obviously, when he's back. Um, Yeah, exactly. So there's a there's a lot of different guys that they have that kind of fit that mold. Um, but it looks like they're they're looking to keep these guys because as all indications are right now, they're trying to convince KD that they're still a viable spot to contend. At least that is what it appears is going to happen. We'll see if that changes in the coming days. All right. So let's stay on that subject, the KD subject before we close. Uh, you know, the Heat went in on him this this summer. I know I know Heat fans don't think they did because they never put Bam on the table, but they basically suspended a lot of other operations. Not that there was a ton to do because there was no free agents in this market there of really any value other than Brunson. Um, they, they put everything on hold essentially to wait out the KD thing, and the KD thing ended up playing out with, you know, KD starting the season with the Nets and recommitting to, him, to them and Nash getting fired and Jacques Vaughn taking over and them going on a run, which included a, a win against the Heat where Durant got hurt. Um, now, like I said, they're trying to stay reasonably competitive with him. The East is still open enough that if he had a great run, he might be able to carry a team to the finals potentially. Uh, so, Greg, do, do should the Heat like what should the Heat do here? Bam is not on the table, right? So, what, what no. if, if he even wanted to and shouldn't be if he even wanted to get in the conversation for Kevin Durant, what would you have to do? Well, the, I mean. It's this is the crazy thing. I think we should clear this up for listeners. And I really uh, want to shout out Albert Namad uh, at heathoops.com. Everybody listening to this should go to that website and read his latest article about how you could include Tyler Hero in a, in a trade, because I think that that's something we have kind of pushed off to the side because it is a little tricky, but he spells out ways that you can do it. And in a Durant trade, you could do it essentially with something like Lowry hero and a player like Haywood Highsmith or Yurtsevin for Kevin Durant from a money perspective uh, that would get done. But obviously that doesn't sound like it would work value wise. I uh, honestly, I think the heat will take a, a shot at KD. They'll make the phone call. They'll see what can happen. The funny thing is, is that guys, when they say where they want to go, they haven't been ending up there. So there's a part of me that says, please, KD, don't mention Miami, because even in this circumstance with Kyrie, he ended up in Dallas because they didn't want his ass ended up as a Laker. So to me, 
I'm not expecting this Durant thing to happen. One, because I think they're going to try to contend first. Two, because I think Miami would outbid, be, be outbid. And also, Brooklyn may want to send him west as well. And I know people are going to like jeer at that and say, oh, you're cranking up the excuse machine. But if you don't have the assets and they have teams out west that can outbid, it just makes sense that they're going to look in that direction. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I think yeah. looking, for, looking for the heat to get Durant is likely you have, you have to adjust your expectations and keep an eye on teams like Toronto. That's the type of team that I think Miami may have, uh, or Atlanta is a team that Miami could find a player that would really help and contribute and improve the roster. Well, I mean, you're talking about Anobi, Siakam, Collins, et cetera, and I just saw a report. I don't know whose report it was. It was just posted that uh, Toronto is is shopping Siakam. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer. Yeah, he's pretty solid, and and he, you know, he's saying that basically they're lo- they're looking at moving potentially Siakam or Ananobi as they reshuffle that thing. I mean, obviously those would be enormous upgrades uh, for Miami, but for any of those, right. I mean, you're going to, I mean, sending Kyle Lowry home is not enough. Like You're you're, going to need to do a lot more to kind of bring those guys in. And you're going to have to, we've talked about sacrificing the future picks or picking up additional picks uh, to go forward and maybe being willing to unprotect those picks sort of like we just talked about Dallas doing um, Alex, as we look into this week, and, and we're going to put a lot more on our feed here, off the floor feed, uh, winnow.app backslash uh, off the floor. We got a ton. We actually just crossed 500 subscribers today. So we appreciate that. It is free for the first week and $3.05 uh, per week, uh, excuse me, per month after that. Uh, but Alex, as we look at this week, like you can almost fool yourself a little bit because you're playing teams that you, the next three are games they should win, you would think, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, I mean, like, I mean, if, if but there's only know, I, I one before the deadline. Yeah, that's and, true. That's true. That's true. And they and just an lost three or four. I, I, this is a weird thing because just a few weeks ago, Ethan, we were thinking to ourselves, you know what? They kind of got over this hump and they're not going to make a big move. And I still feel like the Kyle Lowry stuff is probably not going to happen at the deadline. It's more of a summer conversation, but losing three or four on that road trip, the, the, the games you lost to the teams you lost to, and then having this Indiana game, who's a dangerous team coming in there is always competitive. It, they are in a different place than they were in when they came out of December and they looked like they had uh, maybe gotten over some level of a hump. They've kind of regressed in a, to a degree. The Charlotte loss to me is the one that you just can't. I mean, uh, you, you know, Cleveland, they played well against Cleveland and they won. Milwaukee, I thought they played as well as they could. One thing we we're going to talk about today we didn't really get into is this whole substitution pattern with Jimmy Butler late in the game. I keep saying it. You can't wait until six minutes are left. Like if you have to alter the substitution pattern, but you cannot have any time in the second half in a competitive game against a good team where you've got Bam and Jimmy off the floor, those two minutes destroyed that game. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy not coming back, especially when he's having a game like that uh, until later, it's just, it's too long at this stage. So we'll get into it a little bit more, but Alex, as we go forward here, I, I mean, are you with, I mean, I, I don't know that anything's going to happen Wednesday at this point. They just had a one and three trip. They lost to Charlotte. They probably could have beaten the Knicks, should have beaten the Knicks. Uh, Knicks are winning as we speak right now. Like, I mean, is there anything that can change happen Wednesday that changes your mind or should change their mind about anything? What happens against Indiana? No, I don't think Wednesday should be changing anybody's mind. And I don't realistically think that it will. I mean, look, it could, it, it could influence you, right? Like we're, we're human beings. We all, 
like go back to what was the most recent thing we saw. But that's why these guys are 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 the ones in charge, right? Because you know they can look at an entire season. They have all the context. They have all the information. So no, I don't think Indiana that the Pacers game is going to change anything. But look, man, they, like it really is what it is. This the sixty something games, however much it's been already, like. We know what this team is. We know that they have kind of maxed out their roster. And even if you think the shooting can come up a little bit and they're not this horrendous from a three-point shooting perspective, like everything comes back to Spo has built the, the, the schematics to kind of reflect what they are, right? Like they're always rotating. They're always trying to force turnovers, always trying to compensate for the lack of size and for the lack of shooting. Like they've kind of uh, – I think updated the shot diet a little bit gradually throughout the season where they're taking a few less threes per game than they did where before you might've seen 40 or upwards of 40. Now you're seeing less than that. Usually it's in the early thirties when you look at three point attempts and they're, they're getting their shots inside the arc. So we've seen things change throughout the season and it's all just kind of reflecting who they are, which is a team that cannot shoot well, a team that cannot generate consistent offense outside of its three best players. And so it's either you make the moves to, reflect that and what this team is and what they what they're good at and what they're not or you don't and I think it's just kind of making a decision because even if you're not making a move to quote-unquote upgrade and try to contend right like we know that they always talk about contending the move has got to be are you going to trade Max Struess are you going to trade Gabe Vincent so it feels like there's a few layers here that could happen on trade deadline day and I'm just interested interested to see like what decision they end up going with the Heat fan right now is frustrated, and I think in some ways it is exaggerated. We've talked about, you know, whether they're spoiled, whether they're negative. Um, this one thing here from uh, one constant tweeter who has pretty been pretty negative on the fan on the uh, on the on the team in general, but I think there are a lot of fans that agree with him at this stage, and uh, the Heat are going to have to convince some of these fans otherwise over the next five days because these are the, a lot of the hardcores. But his, uh, his Twitter handle is Nook Nooker. You guys are probably familiar with him. The job is to stay under the tax and gaslight the fan base. Now, I don't think that's actually what's happening here. I think they're being patient, trying to find the right deal, trying to upgrade, you know, at the fourth spot, upgrade with a shooter. But <clears throat> there is going to be a frustration point if they can't get anything done by Thursday. And it does seem like the only objective was to say financially, you know, uh, responsible and instead of, responsible to give yourself a chance for something more than a first round exit. Cause right now this team feels like a first round exit. It doesn't feel like a plan team. I kind of feel like Spolster is going to figure out a way to keep them above that line. But for a franchise like the heat that got to the finals, not the finals last year, but got to the conference finals uh, was the number one team in the East three years ago was in the finals. Staying above the Mendoza line, which is the play in line is not, where you want to be. So we'll see what happens over the next few days. Watch everything that's happening in the league because other players could become available. I know uh, we, we just, uh, the Tris Haynes reported, I saw Greg just put this in the chat that Chris Paul was available in a trade potentially. So, I mean, you never know how some of these pieces are going to move. Often the trade deadline deals are the ones that you do not expect. And also some of them, as Greg mentioned on our feed today, sometimes you deal two or three days before the deadline. So something could happen tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, prior to Thursday's, uh, three o'clock deadline. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. Um, use the code five F I V E at prize picks. Use the code five RSN at better edge. Reach out to Mark Brown. If you've had a child, seriously, like recently, make sure that the child's future is taken care of. Get your, get your paperwork in order. You never know what's going to happen. Have a good day, everybody.
Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network.